Hello everyone and welcome to our Regional Roundtable Series brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the world. I'm Nuno Gouveia, partner with Miranda e Asiago. The LA Global Employment Hearing Review Series is classically our most popular series of the year, focusing on the most impactful regulations of past year and forecasting what employers can expect in the current year. Today, we are going to be chatting with Victoria Agumo, associate at Udo, Udoma and Belo Osagi. Thank you for joining us, Victoria. How are you today? Thank you, Nunu. I am good. How are you? Feeling well. I'm very, very anxious for this session. Victoria, my first question to you is, what were the most significant legal changes in 2022 that impacted employers? Thank you, Nunu. We have had in Nigeria like several legal changes, you know, in the year 2022. I'll probably speak to the two key cases, which I believe are very significant for employers in Nigeria. The first case I'll speak on is the case of Shell Petroleum Development Company of Nigeria and the Minister of Petroleum. Now, the case was about the NICN considering the application of the guidelines for the release of staff in the Nigerian oil and gas industry. So, I should say that the NICN, that's the National Industrial Court of Nigeria. Now, the NICN had to consider the application of these guidelines for the release of staff in the Nigerian oil and gas industry. Prior to this case, what we had was that the NICN held that the guidelines are not applicable to employers in the oil and gas sector. The, the court had previously held that the Minister of Petroleum, who had issued these guidelines through the Department of Petroleum Resources, did not have the power to regulate private employment contracts. And as such, this is in consonance with you know, the age-old principle of sanctity of contract. And if the Minister of Petroleum is not a party to the contract, really, he should not be able to have a say in the termination of such a contract. But what the court in this case of Shell Petroleum Development Company of Nigeria and the Minister of Petroleum Resources held was like an about tone of what had previously been held with regards to these guidelines. Now, the NICN, pursuant to the of the Petroleum Industry Act of 2021, held that the powers of the Minister of Petroleum under this new law, which is the Petroleum Industry Act, is different from the powers of the minister under the previous law, and that the new law allows the minister to formulate and monitor and administer government policies in the petroleum industry. As such, the guidelines promulgated by the, the guidelines, you know, for the release of employees in the oil and gas industry, the powers of the minister is wide enough to accommodate those guidelines. And we cannot say that the guidelines are ultra-various the powers of the minister. Now, this case has generated a lot of controversy, you know, like fresh conversation in the oil and gas industry because it had previously been thought that this is a certain area of law. You know, the minister doesn't have powers to promulgate this guidelines. But, you know, this particularly changed in this case. And we are aware that this case is on appeal and we cannot wait to see the outcome of this. You know, what you have noticed is the fact that these guidelines has grave consequences, which includes a penalty of not exceeding $250,000 and a withdrawal or cancellation of an oil permit license or lease granted to the oil company. Another case I should talk about is the case of Abdul Hakim Olashewere against Etel Networks Limited. Now, what is key in this case for us is the quantum of damages awarded by the National Industrial Court. 
Now, the National Industrial Court had held in this particular case that the claimant was not terminated, that his termination was wrongful and was not justifiable. So I'll give a brief fact of the case. The claimant, he had had a stellar career in the defendant company and that his termination was due to malice because he exposed some wrongdoings in the company. The defendant in his response alleged that, oh no, indeed, that he had actually terminated the claimant in accordance with the terms and conditions of employment and that there was really no wrongdoing on its part. But the NICN held that further to the ILO Convention on Termination of Employment Convention 1982, and that's number 158, and recommendation number 163, that an employer is not justified in terminating an employee's contract of employment without giving a reason. And as such, further to this ILO Convention, the court went on to award damages of about 100 million naira. Now, 100 million naira at today is about approximately $224,000 in favor of the claimant as exemplary damages against the defendant. Now, the remarkable thing is the quantum of damages awarded. You know, it's practically unseen or ahead of it that the court would award, you know, such such large sums. And so the takeaway from this is Nigeria is beginning to move away from whether an employer can give reason or no reason in the termination of employment to a place where we are seeing the court awarding such heavy damages for not providing a reason for termination. Interesting. So, Victoria, let's pass then to you to another topic. How is your jurisdiction tackling hybrid work from home and to office and or cross-border remote work, meaning like programs of work from anywhere? Is this something material in your country? Oh, yeah. We see a lot of this. You know, it's the same changing world of work as every other nation. But the different thing with us is, you know, we know that nations are beginning to develop policies around this, but at the moment... Nigeria doesn't have a legislation on all of this, you know, different type of working, the new work structure coming up. There really is no legislation on this. What we do have, which is close to a legislation, if you can, you know, using the word loosely here now, is the guidelines from the Nigerian Staff for Disease Control. That's the NCDC. And it's trying to regulate businesses in the wake of the covid it had the guidelines for employers and businesses in Nigeria where it recommended that, you know, employers should develop practices and policies that would enable its employees work more flexibly and remotely, really, because we are seeing all of this in the new world of work. We know that, you know, persons are beginning to work from different places, work from home, work from several other places. And so the guidelines recommend, you know, that employers utilize all of this technology to avoid persons coming into contact with each other and to limit the spread of the virus. So if you come to us as a client and you ask us, oh, can you require your employees to split their time, you know, working from home and the workplace or, you know, like any hybrid type of work, our response is going to be, oh, you can do this, but this is going to be subject to the terms of your contract of employment. In Nigeria, the position is we don't have any law. But it is perfectly possible for employers to define work from home, hybrid regimes via a contract or a internal policy then. Yes, certainly. Okay. So Victoria, moving on, what are your predictions then for 2023? Will there be employment law updates, changes anticipated to have the biggest impact on HR? What is your feelings about this? 
for me, I would say my biggest prediction would be the implementation of the Labor Act in Nigeria. Now, the reason why I would say this is the biggest one is that at the moment in Nigeria, our Labor Act was promulgated, let's say, 1974. Yeah, exactly, 1974. We have a Labor Act that governs some categories of employees and doesn't govern some others. So our Labor Act specifically governs only people who perform manual labor or clerical work. Now, we know that you know, there are several other categories of employees like that's persons like you and I, you know, who are more specialized workers than manual labor or clerical work. For us in Nigeria, we're looking forward to a labor act, you know, that would govern all categories of employees you get. Because we're having to see the courts having to fill up the gaps in several instances because there really is no legislation that governs the employment of these more specialized people. So really for us is the biggest prediction for 2023 would be the enactment of the new Labor Act. Now, for us in Nigeria, 2023 is an election year. But really, it's not unusual that the period preceding the the election period that key legislations are passed into law by the government. And so I believe everyone in the labor space is looking out for this enactment of a new labor law governing every category of employees in Nigeria. That for me is my prediction. Well, Victoria, well, very interesting potential development in your country in 2023. This is all the time that we have today. I hope that this has been as insightful for you as it has been for me. Victoria, many thanks for your attendance and for the fantastic insight that you gave us on Nigeria. Thank you. Thank you for having me. If you would like to connect with Victoria, please click on her bio in the description of this podcast. We also encourage you to reach out to any of our lawyers around the world by selecting Find a Lawyer on the ELA website at ELA.law. Information about all of the programs available in the 2023 ELA series can be accessed in the notes of this podcast. You've been listening to the ELA Review Regional Roundtable, a series brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Nuno Gouveia. Thank you for listening.